Imperial County's largest hospital turns to UC San Diego Health to help it stay afloat. I'm Matt Hoffman, and this is KPBS Roundtable. You've been thinking about helping KPBS with a donation. Why not donate that extra car you no longer need? Pickup is free, and you're supporting KPBS Public Media. Here's how. Visit kpbs.careasy.org. The largest hospital and a lifeline for Imperial County residents is in a financial crisis. This week, UC San Diego Health announced it's stepping in to help save the El Centro Regional Medical Center from potentially closing. It's meant to be a stopgap until the hospital can become financially stable. But there's questions about how to get there. And El Centro Regional's financial issues are not unique to Imperial County. They do highlight disparities in health care across California's rural communities. Joining us to talk more about what's been happening in El Centro are Julio Morales. He's a reporter with the Calexico Chronicle. Jennifer Bowman is back with us. She's an investigative reporter with iNewsource. And Ana Ibarra covers health policy for CalMatters is here with us. Julio, we're going to start with you. If you could, you know, kind of paint a picture for us here. What does the El Centro Regional Medical Center mean for people in Imperial County? And how would a potential closure impact that community? El Centro Regional is one of two local hospitals here in in Imperial County. It's located in the city of El Centro, which is the county seat, and which itself is centrally located here in the county. A while back, the city of Calexico had their hospital closed. So a lot of patients from the city of Calexico come to El Central Regional because it's closer. A closure of the hospital, I guess, would present quite a hardship because it would mean just more travel time for patients, you know, especially in, in cases of emergency, which could prove pretty serious. And Julio, do we know how community members there are reacting to all this news, all this restructure news? Oh, it's been a big thing. You know, immediately after the news came out that they wanted to consolidate services with the other local hospital, Pioneers Memorial, which is located in the city of Raleigh, kind of created quite a scare where people started wondering what other closures at the El Central Regional might be forthcoming, you know, jobs, whether any job losses were going to result of that consolidation, as well as any maybe other potential a closure of departments. So you did see quite a bit of reaction, you know, up to the point where there was public community members posted meetings, rallies, if you want to call them that, where a lot of physicians were invited to speak and talk about what their concerns were. And let's bring in Anna from Cal Matters. Anna, generally, why are rural hospitals important? I mean, what sort of role do they play in those types of communities? Yes. So rural hospitals really are sort of a lifeline in a community, if you will. Without these rural hospitals, people would have to travel even further distances for care. And we know that in the case of an emergency, every minute matters. There is actually research that has linked rural hospital closures with an uptick in deaths for things like strokes and sepsis. Also, in many cases, they, you know, these rural hospitals provide much more than just emergency care. They often also operate community clinics that people rely on for primary routine care. 
And in small communities, like Julio said, they tend to be significant employers. So when you lose a hospital, not only are you eliminating care, but you're also losing jobs. So Julio, many San Diegans, they're familiar with UC San Diego Health. They operate two hospitals here, and soon that organization will run day-to-day operations at El Centro Regional Medical Center. Why is that happening now? Uh, UCSD Health is stepping in because of, you know, the, the El Centro Regional's financial troubles. It comes a little bit or a few months after these financial, you know, troubles were initially disclosed to the public. It was a few council members, the current board president of the Central Regional, who kind of brought it to light that the hospital was struggling and some serious action needed to be taken. One of those initial actions was for the El Central City Council, of which two members had sat on the hospital board. The council itself decided to disband the hospital board and then kind of insert themselves as the majority. And since then, you know, they've just been trying to inform the public of what's going on to the best of their ability. They do deserve credit for that and and even for bringing it to the public's attention as well. And it sort of sounds like what you're saying. I mean, what was the community sort of caught off guard by this announcement that, hey, you know, finances are not going well? I would say yes. And that was, I think, part of some of the physicians' concerns as well as the community members' concerns is that, you know, there was no no kind of advance warning that something like this consolidation was going to take place or or even that the hospital's finances were in such a position that that kind of action had to be taken. That certainly is what the community has been saying that, you know, how come none of this was disclosed before? UC San Diego Health has been partnering with El Centro Regional since about 2015. But CEO Patty Mason says they felt a responsibility to do more here and keep it from potentially shutting down. That was our concern is that if if we couldn't create some breathing room, to get to something that makes sense long-term, that the hospital would be at risk at closing. Let's bring in Jennifer Bowman from my news source. Jennifer, without UC San Diego stepping in, in your reporting, you found that El Centro Regional would have run out of cash either this month or maybe next month. Uh, Generally, why is that? Yeah, so this is um, a a city-owned hospital that's been struggling for several years, and it finds itself facing, you know, some of the same issues that other community hospitals are facing. Essentially, they're providing care at a loss. Um, They're getting reimbursed for less than what it costs to provide that care. Um, But officials also pointed to this continuing years-long trend they're seeing in Imperial Valley in which you know, patients are are going elsewhere for services, primarily to San Diego. And when they do that, you know, they're, they're taking the money with them. So like other hospitals as well, with that, it's also been hit particularly hard by the pandemic and by personnel costs. Um, you know, so they've seen some help. You know, the state has provided a, a $5 million bridge loan. They've been able to collect on some of these outstanding invoices that have helped. And the most recent numbers, they, they do show some improvement in cash flow. But I will say the reason behind that is particularly troubling because the hospital is actually withholding payments to vendors, you know, where they can. So it is certainly a serious financial situation that is almost, you know, a day by day situation. 
Most of us might not think about it this way, but hospitals are businesses. And talking with health leaders, they'll say that there has to be a balance of private and public insurance to sort of make it all work. Here's El Centro's chief medical officer, Dr. Christian Tomaszewski. This is one of the poorest counties in the nation. And reimbursement, I mean, it's mostly Medi-Cal and Medicare, Medi-Medi. So essentially, the hospital, every time we admit a patient, we're actually losing money at El Centro Regional Medical Center. What he means there is that Medi-Cal and Medicare reimburse hospitals less than the actual cost of care. So, Julio, with UCSD stepping in here, that issue certainly isn't going away. So how is the hospital going to keep paying the bills here, like in the short term? So one of the more recent announcements from the hospital board was that, or at the same time that they announced that UCSD Health was going to you know, manage the day-to-day operations, they also disclosed that the majority bondholder for the hospital was going to help fund daily operations, capital projects, and infrastructure investments. So it sounds like that this partnership with UCSD is going to allow them to borrow more money or sort of take on some more debt. Anna, in your reporting on the Madera Community Hospital, that's up in the Central Valley, and it recently closed its doors. That shows that what's happening over in El Centro is not unique. I'm curious, were the financial problems similar there? They do sound very similar. And we know that in Madera, even prior to the pandemic, that hospital was not doing great. It was mostly staying afloat. And so the hospital had been in negotiations with the buyer, Trinity Health, which is a Catholic healthcare system that owns a neighboring hospital in Fresno County. Uh, But that deal fell through in December and without another buyer lined up, it had to close its doors. You know, I, I would add that some hospital leaders have also pointed the finger at low reimbursement rates. Um. In Madera Community Hospital, about 60% of the hospital's visits were paid for by Medi-Cal. Um, there was actually a great story just yesterday by Fresno Land, a local news outlet in Fresno, that also found that in the case of Madera, they weren't just be getting low Medi-Cal rates, but they also had negotiated low rates with their private insurance. And that's an issue because typically the idea is that private insurance, you know, pays a little better. So, you know, um, hospital and insurance companies negotiate payments in in private. So I think this also prompts the question of, you know, what role Medi-Cal payments play, but is is there more to than just the the Medi-Cal rates? And sort of a question for Anna or Jennifer. So are rural hospitals saying like if reimbursement rates for Medi-Cal and Medicare actually increase that this whole issue might be going away? I think they're saying it would make things easier. Um, I don't know if it would solve all their issues. You also need good management. But if you you are disproportionately serving patients on public insurance and that payment isn't adequate, then you can see how that really creates an imbalance. And Jennifer, what are your thoughts here? I would say it's probably one part of a a solution. You know, in in Imperial County, it's about 80% of their services are covered by Medi-Cal and Medicare. So it's certainly, you know, the majority of of their patients who have public health insurance. But, you know, yeah, would that necessarily solve the entire problem in the Imperial Valley? I'm, I'm not so sure. What we have heard during this crisis for the El Central Regional uh, Medical Center is is hospital officials saying that the chances of a a single hospital like El Central Regional, their chances of surviving is slim, that really 
what hospitals you're seeing survive these days. They're part of multi-hospital systems, perhaps national systems. And these officials say that they just have a better chance of kind of withstanding the cost of providing care. And so what you see in Imperial County is two hospitals kind of standing on their own. Um, And I think that presents some challenges right off the bat. And El Centro officials also say that the COVID-19 pandemic made the financial situation a lot worse. Imperial County was hit hard by COVID, and they had to quickly scale up hospital capacity. Here's their chief medical officer again. That just put a big strain on it. Yes, we saved a lot of lives, but there were a lot of costs involved with tents, extra staff, traveling nurses that came in. So that really put an extra strain on the system. And Jennifer, you sort of alluded to this earlier, but was part of this financial crunch that scale up during COVID? Yeah, I mean, Imperial County was extremely hard hit during the pandemic. Um, You know, you saw patients being diverted away early on because of, of the capacity issues. There was a tent that needed to be set up. So, yeah, an extreme when it came to costs, there certainly was a, an extreme jump in that. Uh, it's probably worth noting that, yes, the hospital received federal relief funding. It did have some help from the state, you know, to set up that tent, get some of those resources to meet demand. But personnel costs have really hit the hospital, um, particularly when it comes to traveling nurses like you just heard. Um, last year, the hospital spent $18 million on traveling nurses. And if you were to compare that to if they were to fill those positions with local nurses instead, it would have cost less than $5 million. So, you know, it's they had these problems as a rural hospital, you know, that existed, but they continue to grow and just were exacerbated during the uh, during the pandemic. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. You're listening to KPBS Roundtable. Our guests this week are Julio Morales from the Calexico Chronicle, Jennifer Bowman from iNewsource, and Ana Ibarra from Cal Matters. Julio, you know, in January, El Centro Regional Medical Center, they closed its labor and delivery department, and they moved those services to the region's only other hospital, and that's Pioneers. Do we know if more of that consolidation is expected during this interim period, this UCSD Health temporary takeover, and how has the community maybe responded to some of those reductions in services? So I haven't heard anything yet about any other potential closures. That's been on a lot of people's minds, um, both physicians and community members especially. So there hasn't been anything you know out there to suggest that something is pending. But when it did happen and they moved those services over to Pioneers Memorial, it did cause quite a bit of an uproar, people complaining or concerned about having to travel farther to get those services. That was probably the major complaint and just how that could jeopardize lives too. El Centro Regional Medical officials say that the UC San Diego takeover could last up to 18 months, and that's while they try to become financially stable, they're stressing that this step is only temporary. So, Julio, what are the options after UCSD sort of, you know, hands back control here? One thing that everyone or, you know, everyone, the stakeholders involved in this keep saying over and over is that they do want to create this single healthcare district. And so I guess it's safe to assume that during the time where UCSD Health is kind of managing things that they're going to keep pursuing that option. and 
It, it appears that they are to some extent. No, it does appear, you know, they do have what's called the, the local agency formation commission doing a study to determine the feasibility of that district and what kind of a tax might have come with it. Creating a countywide healthcare district, that would require voter approval. El Centro officials say money could be raised to support it through things like property taxes or even sales taxes. Jennifer, this is not a new concept for hospitals, these special districts. Do we have any idea of how that might work in Imperial? Yeah, like like Julio mentioned, I think, you know, this study will, will help answer some of these questions we have. Um, but, you know, there is a placeholder bill, some state legislation right now that would create that single health care district. And it would, you know, potentially consolidate El Central Regional with with Pioneers Memorial Hospital. But, yeah, you, you're, you're talking about kind of the will of the voters. Um, one thing that's also been mentioned in these talks about consolidating is, that this has been discussed before that, um, you know, in years past, El Central Regional and Pioneers have talked about how to work together, how to consolidate. And and uh, leaders have admitted that egos have come, you know, into play there. So I think there's, there's still a lot that needs to be answered. Um, but it does seem like that is the kind of primary solution that we're hearing from hospital leaders right now and how to move forward. And Julio, along those lines, do we have any idea, you know, how realistic it is to increase taxes in a community that is sort of already economically disadvantaged? Like, have we heard anything from the public about that? I can't say that I have, you know, heard much disapproval of a potential of another potential tax. I will say that when it comes to bond measures out here to, you know, fund school infrastructure and things like that. They do seem to pass fairly regularly, so it might be the case that this one as well will be accepted by the general public. And Jennifer, this idea of consolidating health services, it sounds good in theory, but but do we know if Imperial's other hospital, Pioneers, if they're on board with this? You mentioned that there's some other efforts in the past that just didn't happen. Yeah, I, I guess we'd have to see, you know, how, you know, historical uh, experience has played into that. But there is, you know, one thing that we have heard from pioneers where they have pointed to the massive amount of debt that El Central Regional has. And pioneers, we should note, has also struggled financially. It also was hit hard by the pandemic. They also had to spend a lot of money on traveling nurses. They're they're struggling with some of the same issues. But they talk about this consolidation or or taking on El Central Regional's debt. And that is a, a very big obstacle that an entity would really have to get behind. So, you know, there's there's things that need to be answered. But it seems, you know, what we hear from from the leaders right now is kind of a team effort that they're kind of working together, um, seem to kind of be on the same page, at least from what I could tell so far. Jennifer L. Central Regional's former CEO said that many residents in the Valley, they actually seek health care outside of the county. And that's a missed revenue opportunity. But what role could treating more patients locally maybe play into the you know, hospitals' financial future. Yeah, you know, it basically it would help keep money in the valley. So the former CEO um, told county officials that patients are going elsewhere, right? That the services they're seeking are actually indeed provided locally, but for whatever reason, they're going um, outside of the county to get those services. And as a result, they're finding that as much as $350 million is being spent outside the county. So that's a significant amount of money, especially, you know, for a, a region where both of its hospitals are struggling 
financially. It could be a game changer. It also depends, I guess, on, on quality of care. I know that the closing of the labor and delivery department was a very controversial move. What hospital officials uh, said in their justification of closing is that it actually improved quality of care and, and might entice folks with those similar moves to, to stay in the region for their services. Officials in Imperial County, they've been calling on the state to do more here. The leader of the local hospital association says that the only solution for El Centro Regional and other struggling hospitals is for the state to distribute some $1.5 billion to them and also increase Medi-Cal payments. Jennifer, do we have any idea of how realistic that is or if that's going to happen? That's probably a, a more of a better question for our lawmakers, I think. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's there's things at play, right? The, the state is facing a budget deficit right now. That's the dynamic that exists. Um, what I do know is that Imperial County has time and time again called on the state and the state's leaders to help them. They've pointed to the longstanding problems they've had in their region, you know, including these health factors. And most recently, um, there were community members who wrote an open letter to Governor Gavin Newsom asking, where is our leader as our hospital is facing closure? What I found interesting is that when we reached out to the governor's office for comment, we, we got nothing. So, you know, there, there are residents uh, who are asking for help and are hoping that that the state will step up and, and help them. This is an incredibly important asset to the region. There's, of course, many folks, right, who are leaving and going to San Diego and elsewhere for services. But what about the people who can't? What about the people who don't have the means to leave Imperial County to get health care? It's a very good point. And Jennifer also mentioned lawmakers there. Anna, do we know if there's any legislative efforts underway in Sacramento that are maybe meant to help struggling hospitals? You know, aside from the uh, hospital association lobbying the state uh, for $1.5 billion, there is actually an interesting take from the Republican caucus. Uh, they're taking a little bit uh, of a different approach here, and they're going after the attorney general's role in all of this. So for some background, when the Madera Community Hospital deal fell through, um, some of the hospital board leaders pointed to the attorney general's um conditions. So the attorney general by law has to review and approve any mergers or acquisitions that involve a nonprofit healthcare organization. And so the attorney general pretty much said, you know, I can approve this purchase, Trinity Health buying Madera community, if Trinity commits to meet a certain set of conditions. And so the idea is that you want to ensure patient protections. So, so there's conditions regarding, you know, access to care, affordability, quality. Um, and one of the uh, conditions that stuck out, uh, according to some of the hospital leaders I spoke to, was some price caps. And so the price caps are, and, you know, if you talk to consumer advocates, price caps are important because if a new system is going to take over a hospital, you still want that care to be affordable to community members. At the same time, you know, they, the hospital leaders said that sort of made uh, Trinity Health kind of pull away from this deal. So it's an interesting take. Um, I, I don't know how much that would help immediately. But, you know, if the idea is that this would make any further or any future purchase easier, you know, that is, I guess, one way to to look at it. At the same time, you know, you you have to question or ask, well, what does that mean in terms of patient and consumer protections when, you know, a hospital is bought by a bigger system? 
And Anna and Jennifer, feel free to weigh in here too. Do you all expect to see, you know, any more hospital consolidations sort of as a result of what we're seeing with El Centro and Madera community? I think we may. Um, You know, there is another hospital out in San Benito County and the city of Hollister, and they've said they're they're expecting to run out of cash in mid-April, and they are looking for buyers and partnerships. So, you know, if someone steps up, that could be another example when we see another merger or another purchase of a small hospital. Uh, So I think it's, it's, uh, you know, still something that some of these struggling hospitals are seeking. And as we wrap up here, we want to hear from all of you, you know, where do you see this going and what are you going to be looking for in the coming months? And Jennifer, we can start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think there's this is um, a really important story. I think, um, you know, aside from looking at how finances improve or don't with the hospital and the chances of consolidating and, and seeing if the single healthcare district will indeed come to fruition, a top of mind for me is to see how healthcare for for the residents of Imperial County is affected and, you know, who's impacted and, and how. And Julio, what are your final thoughts here? I would agree. You know, it seems like that this potential single healthcare district, a lot of people are hoping that that's the solution. Not sure what might happen if that falls through, but I think for the moment, you know, all eyes are are kind of following that progress. And Anna, you have the final word here. Yeah, I think, you know, I'll be looking to see what sort of, you know, creativity comes in all of these potential uh, solutions and perhaps what works for one hospital could work for another. Um, It will be, you know, interesting to see what else comes from the legislature as we start to hear from more and more hospitals, um, you know, say they're in trouble. Um, So, yeah, I think I'll be looking for what type of proposals come out of all of this. And we're going to have to end it there for this week's edition of KPBS Roundtable. And I want to thank our guests so much, the Calexico Chronicles, Julio Morales, iNewsource's Jennifer Bowman, and Ana Ibarra from Cal Matters. Be sure to stream our show anytime as a podcast. Roundtable is produced by Andrew Bracken, and Rebecca Chacon is our technical director. I'm your host, Matt Hoffman. And a quick note for our listeners, starting next week, the Roundtable will be taking a short break. We're stepping away from the mic to work on ways to tell stories that reflect and serve all of our communities, and you can be a part of our evolution. If you want to join our listener focus group, you can send an email to midday at kpbs.org. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, the folks over at the BBC NewsHour, they're going to be holding our spot for a few weeks. So don't go anywhere. We're excited to bring you some fresh new content. Be back with you soon. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more mcasd.org.